Today is a significant day uh, for me because I want to change the direction that I've been taking these talks. I've talked a little bit uh, about sharing things that I'd learned and been taught and have used to great, event, uh, great success. Um, and I'll continue to do that because there's some things that I've picked up from some wise folks and have learned the hard way that will be lost if I don't pass them on in some way, shape, or form. And that doesn't seem fair. If I got them, I need to pay them forward a bit. But more importantly, I think I need to get out what's really going on inside of me and the journey that I've taken and what that has meant for me because I have a feeling there's some folks that have felt the same way, have come across the same experiences and might have something. Actually, I know they have something to offer that can help me in moving forward. And maybe there's something that I say that I've been through that can help some of you all. Um, so to that effect, let's start with, I had created probably going all the way back to a little witty boy in high school, a facade of who I was supposed to be, who I wanted to be, who I wanted everyone else to be. And was I that unique? No, I have a feeling that we all do that. I think we all put a whole bunch of our effort into creating some image that we want the rest of the world to see, whether it's our best friend or the girl that we hope will become our best friend or best girlfriend, um, or the teachers or the administrators or the authority figures. Uh, I grew up at a time and in an environment and in a household where authority figures were to be respected and to be uh, adhered to what their directions and their expectations were. So uh, that became a very strong part of who I was. Um, yeah, I broke out a little bit of that authority figure realm, but not totally, not visibly. Uh, always kept that facade up there. And then after college, got into a corporate uh, situation and again, that was what was expected. You had your corporate persona. You didn't let the personal uh, in events, problems, issues, emotions show up in the corporate world because they didn't want to deal with that. There were two different places. You know, there was a place for your personal stuff and there was a place for the work activities. And the two don't meet. The reality was they did meet inside every person. Uh, but it created a pretty plastic and created a very plastic environment. But everyone seemed to play the game, or at least to my perspective, they played the game. And I thought that maybe I could play the game better. I didn't. Um, had moderate success, but nothing um, to write a book about. And yet, 30 years later, I think I can be coaching everybody because of all this wonderful business experience. And yeah, I've got some good business experience and I got things I can share uh, in that regard. But it all fit, felt, fit this facade that I had created, this image of myself, this cardboard cutout. And actually that, that's a, probably a good analogy because when we create these facades, how much depth can we put to them? It's like a Hollywood set. Looks really good on the outside, but where's the the depth behind it. Where's the real person? Because the real person can be somewhat different. 
Uh, I used to to joke and, and, and really wasn't a joke. It was sort of a tongue-in-cheek statement. Um, I was too creative to be a real super nerd and I was too nerdy to be a to be a good creative. So I was that person that had one foot on the dock and one foot on the rowboat and untied it and you know what happens when the boat drifts away from the dock and you got one foot on the boat and one foot on the dock you get all wet and that's where a lot of the time what happened is that didn't really I could hang with the groups but I couldn't be the leader in either one because I was not all there there was a little piece of me that was missing and I guess I'm finally tired of that and I'm tired of it because it got me down to a point um, to use the, the, the common vernacular of recovery world to my bottom but I'll also go that that's not the only place that I see that I see that in an awful lot of the self-help uh, literature that's out there um, Dan Millman, the perfect, war- the peaceful warrior, talks about having to die to yourself. Eckhart Tolle says the same thing. Uh, Robin, Sh- Robin Sharma, in the monk who sold his Ferrari, talks a bit about the teacup that has to be emptied in order to have room for something new to come in. Well, that's when you hit your bottom, you let go of what you're holding on to. Uh, one of the AA speakers on the circuit who passed away recently, Rob, uh, Sandy Beach, talked a lot about let go of your rock, that we, we get these rocks that we hold on to that is this image of this, this personality, and it's sucking us down and keeping us under uh, the water. We're drowning. All we have to do is let go of the rock, and our buoyancy will literally let us come to, not only let us come to the surface, but it will shoot us through the surface. But we hang on to that rock. Um, I, I have a slight twist on that. I consider it, considering my time as a Boy Scout, um, think of a backpack. And in that backpack's all those rocks, those different aspects of who I was over time that I've picked up and put into that backpack. And now I'm coming onto a part of the trail that there's not, a, not all rocks. There are some gemstones you know, some diamonds, some rubies, some emeralds, some sapphires, some beautiful, beautiful stones. But I don't have any room in my backpack anymore. So unless I empty out those rocks that I put in there earlier, and they might have been really neat rocks when I was a little kid or I was a teenager or I was in some deep, dark place that I just needed something to hold on to and they gave me a sense of stability. But today... They're holding me back, and I've got to let them go. So my talk that I'm sharing today is I'm letting that go. Uh, Things that I kept separate. How did I keep separate? We kept my personal life. Now, I can't share anything about any other, anyone else, but in myself, um, I've been through the 12 steps from a family recovery point of view. Um, I really think that it's a program, it's a process that helps you deal with life and live life in a better way um, that all, all actually should be part of a high school graduation process instead of the tax test or in addition to something like the standardized testing it ought to be 12-step testing but teenagers aren't going to let go 
they think they're just fine the way they are, so they don't have anything that they're really going to be willing to let go of to go through enough depth in that many cases. Not all of them. There's some sharp kids, but not all of them. Um, but most of them wouldn't take it seriously enough, just the way most adults don't take it serious enough until they're going to lose everything or on, on the verge of losing everything. And I'm a fairly smart guy, and I've done the same damn thing. I have to get to the point that um, my life is pure shit. Uh, the first time I actually worked through the steps, uh, somebody's death was a viable solution to what I viewed of my life. Whether it was me or somebody else, I really didn't care just as long as I didn't feel it anymore. Now, I have to be glad, I'm glad to say that I haven't re gone to that point again, but there's been aspects that I've gotten down again. And it takes that to make a change, I had to get to a point that another day, that the change was less scary than another day living the way that I was living. And uh, I don't think I'm totally unique in that because I'll go back 20 years when I was doing organizational design work and working to build um, interactive, self-directive, engaged work teams and started asking people about how they got into that arena. And I've only met one that didn't have some significant life event that made them relook at where their life was going and change it. Um, everybody else who adapted that took the tenants, the principles, the tools, and used them had some significant life event, whether it was a major car accident, whether it was a personal accident, was it, whether it was the death of a key person in their family, something large happened that shifted their life, made them stop and look and say, I want to do, I'm open to do something different. That before you want to, you got to be open to, you got to be aware and willing to accept that outside direction, wherever it might come from. Um, and then start making the changes. So, um, you know, what are some what are some other places that I reach that? Heck, <laughs> I left the corporate world through my actions, but it was an invitation. I did get a severance? Get a got a nice severance because it happened at a time that it was convenient for the severance. In fact, I took that day as a positive, a very, very big positive, because as I drove away from the corporate headquarters, there was a rainbow. I was driving into a rainbow, and I said, that's a good sign. Uh, still looking for that pot of gold, and maybe, maybe this is going to be my, my path to it. Uh, and the pot of gold... You know, does it really need to be literal gold or does it need to be gold in a life that I'm happy that I'm living? And with this awareness that I have now, this acceptance that I'm willing to say this openly, um, that's a pot at least sterling silver. Don't know if I got the gold, but it's getting close to that. Um, so what I'd like to um, share next is that there's a there was a positive um, step. However, it wasn't by myself. I had to be willing to accept. I had a whole bunch of books and audio tapes and, and YouTubes uh, to, to motivate me. 
and I needed someone to guide me. I needed someone to walk with me. I needed someone to hold up a mirror, ask me a question, and not let me lie to myself anymore, to make me face the truth with, with rigorous and caring honesty. And how do I mean that? Well, there's that old saying of brutal honesty, and no, that's not it. It's, it's saying that I, and being persistent that I must be honest, but doing it in a caring way that is harsh enough and firm enough that I get the message, but not painful enough that inflicts the pain that makes the self-protection kick in. So it's got to have some pain to get my attention, some pain to make me realize that what I'm doing is actually hurting me more than what the change would be, that the pain of staying was greater than the pain uh, of change. But since I was familiar with the pain of staying, I was willing to hold on to it. And I needed someone to point that out to me and to, and to hit me with that. And, uh, but at the same time, not in a way that made me feel belittled about it, but that it was done with my best interest at heart. And we used to get that. I think we get that from our parents at a certain point in time until we start switching to the part that we always want to please them and that it's some performance element when we don't because there's some, usually because there's some consequence in it that they're trying to teach us. Uh, and I'm not sure when all that changes and whether it's all them or all us. However, I do find that the type of growth and change that I'm talking about is much more effective if there's someone there that's helping you work through it and walk through it. In the 12-step world, it's called a sponsor. In my current world, it's called a coach. Um, and uh, I can't say enough about what those people have done to help me see what I needed to, to see to make some more of the changes. Just the fact that I opened up the talk about my 12-step background, not something that I normally do, uh, unless I'm in that recovery environment. The fact that I've been doing volunteer work in that environment for well over a dozen years not something I share unless it's in the recovery environment. This is not going to be just the recovery environment. This is me. So you get part of that with me. Part of what else comes with me? Quality background. Did all the quality tools, including Six Sigma, Lean Six Sigma. Did um, operation, safety. Safety was beat into me because of the company that I started with. So I think a lot more and a lot more in more depth about how to do things in a safe way and how significant it is to do it safely and how important it is for each of us to be that way. Uh, on my honor, I will do my best. I will do my duty to do my best. Do my best to do my duty. Okay, been a while. Been a rusty with it. But that's from the scouts. There's a lot in that. In fact, there's so much in that that I did a vision exercise with a, a scout group, a Eagle Scout group, 
And we left the Scout law as the core values, as a group that we would um, strive and hold to as the group. Because even though we learned them at 11 years old, they still made a heck of a lot of sense as the boundaries to our lives, the, the, the values that we would live by as, as grown men and adults. I still hold to them. Um, family. One of the things I remember is growing up, is, is in college, one of the popular songs of the time was Jim Croce's Cats in a Cradle. And that was always my fear, that that would be my child's song about me. I want to believe it isn't, and I know that it isn't completely, but were there times that I focused on work instead of the family? Definitely, because I thought I was going to get ahead. Or I was escaping something at, the home, at home. Or I was really enjoying what I was doing at work and it was making me feel good better than I was getting from what I was, feel, what was, I was doing at home. Because sometimes chasing the little kids around or all the chores can get boring. And doing something exciting and developing and growing, that can be exciting and that took me away. So someday, maybe my kids will tell me, did I live up to what my goals were? Or do I still have something to make amends for there? I didn't really sit down intending to make this um, confession. But maybe if it is, somebody, it's for somebody who needs to do the same thing. And I'm here to listen. I'm here to talk with you about it. Um, I'd like to help people, help you walk through it uh, and or point you to somebody that can. Um, I don't have any of those letters after my name, so I'm not going to claim to do any type of uh, medical treatment. But I can listen and I can share what's worked for me. And really, I get something out of that and... I have to say, I've seen people, other people, get something out of it as well. Um, And I can tell you one of the things I get out of it is I learn from everybody. Uh, It's one of the other principles I picked up from that organizational work. We had six characteristics that we made sure that we built into every organization, and one of those we called Learn, Teach, Learn. And that basically came from the principle that I had something to teach everybody I met, And I had something to learn from everybody I met and work with. And as long as I was open to both both sharing and learning, relationship worked a lot better and the organization grew. And I look at my organization as the people I meet, the people I interface with, the people I spend time with. Although it's not official organization, relationship is really the, the... building block of any organization. So anybody I meet, that's a relationship. That's the organization I'm working on. This has gone on uh, long enough for now. I'm going to come back to this because there's something important that uh, I haven't 
share it yet in my thought about this and what needs to be let go and how far um, and how much and then where it leads to. So uh, hope that there's something that you can extract something of value and I especially hope that it's something that you want to listen to for some more in the future and that you're willing to feedback, give me some feedback uh, so that we can talk some more about it. Until then, take care and be safe.